Hello, and welcome to Staying SEL, Connected in Sac City. My name is Micey Lee, and once again, I'm joined by Africa Full Love. And also joining us this week is Candace Evans. Hello, team. Hi, Hi, Micey. Hi, Africa. Good morning. Good morning. We hope you were able to tune in to last week's conversation with two of us, two of our amazing teachers, Larry Ferlazzo and Karen Hall-Sandlin. Their insights on navigating distance learning and staying socially and emotionally connected with their students were both practical and inspirational. This week, we continue our conversation with more voices from the front lines, the voices of our school site principals. A school principal is often responsible for everything that happens in a school building, from maintaining clean buildings to ensuring social, emotional, and physical safety, to monitoring teaching and learning, and establishing regular clear communications between all stakeholders. They do it all. In times of COVID-19 and distance learning, they are expected to lead a whole new way of teaching and learning, supporting teachers with technology and trying to find students who may not be able to access distance learning yet, and while also managing their own social and emotional well-being. The enormity of leading during these anxious times can be overwhelming and stressful, which is why we wanted to check in with two of our amazing school leaders to see how they were managing and navigating through it all. But before we do that, we're going to start our conversation with Candace Evans, who will share our SEL competency of the week and a quick tip for practicing SEL. Candace? This week's SEL competency is social awareness. Social awareness is the ability to take the perspective of and empathize with others, including those from diverse backgrounds. Practice social awareness by observing nonverbal cues, emotions, and validating others by listening without judgment. Basically, open yourself to another view besides your own. I'd like to end with this quote by author Rochelle Goodrich. Walk with me for a while, my friend. You in my shoes, I in yours. And then let us talk. This competency is part of the We Are, We Belong, We Can Sac City Mantra. You can always learn more about the SEL core competencies on our webpage at www.scusd.edu forward slash SEL. Well, thank you, Candice. Being aware of others yes. and having empathy for what they might be going through humanizes the way we relate to them. I think this is very relevant for our conversation today with our two leaders. There are so many very important perspectives in our community that can offer a variety of insights and new learnings for us. If we only lean in more and listen to what others are saying. A perspective that we don't often get to hear is that of our school building leaders. They do so much for our community, taking care of our students and staff every day. And yet how often do we just pause to say, to stop and check in say thank you and ask how they are doing. Our goal today is to do just that and to also gain some perspective on how they are leading during these challenging times. I'm honored to be joined with two stellar, excuse me, two stellar principals, Michelle Blanton from Leotata Floyd Elementary and Tarek McFall from Albert Einstein Middle School. Welcome to the show, Tarek and Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you both for being here today. Let me start off with just a simple, how are you doing? <laughs> I, 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 will, <laughs> I will take that. I, you know, there, I, I'm, we're, I'm doing well. And I think, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to unpack with that simple question. Mm -hmm. But just as far as my family uh, being healthy, uh, I'm healthy. That's the, our main uh goal right now with this uh, COVID-19, the reason why we're home is to stay healthy. And that is 
you know, that's the case right now. So I'm healthy. My family's healthy. So overall, I am, I am well. And Michelle? And I'm with Tariq. I'm with Tariq the same. You know, my family's healthy and we're doing the best we can. And, you know, just keeping connected with friends and family during this time and just making the best of it and kind of going with the flow. And we have to do that, right? It's, um, that is, that is what we're hoping for all that health, that wellness, right? That safety. Um, and so as we have, a, um, dig into our conversation just a bit more, I like for you to just share with our listeners a bit about who you are, what motivates you during these times and one thing that might surprise our listeners about you. And Michelle, I'll start with you. Yeah, so I'm Michelle Blanton. I'm first-year principal at Leotata Floyd, although this is my 10th year at the school, serving in different capacities. So I'm. It, it's been an interesting year, <laughs> needless mm-hmm. to say. Um, and one thing that really keeps me motivated is that I have amazing teachers that I work with. And so they have really just transitioned and really taken on this whole new role as a teacher during this time. And they're just doing everything they can. And I'm just happy to be supporting them. And one thing that might surprise people about me is that I feel like a terrible distance learner parent (laughs) so I can relate to parents in this situation because I feel like I'm trying to work yet so be a teacher for my children and like a co-teacher with with their teachers and it's hard you know my kids are trying to get over on me and I'm like wait you don't act like this for your teacher what are you doing you know (laughs) so just really um being okay with that I'm not going to be the perfect distance learner parent for my parent and for my children. And that's okay too. (laughs) Yeah. And and Michelle, I can totally completely relate to that um, as a distance learning parent and um, staff employee as well. So I get it. And Tarek, could you uh, speak to this question as well? Absolutely. So uh, my name is Tarek McFall. I am a second year principal at Albert Einstein Middle School. Uh, this is my seventh year as an administrator um, and have been in the district for, for 13 years. And um, I guess what what motivates me about this, uh, this these times like, is it, kind of, again, my family motivates me, you know, trying to 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 set up a, a system where we can be successful at home. Uh, I shouldn't say I'm, I'm not setting it up. My wife sets it up and my, uh, but just kind of keeping my daughter, she's for keeping her, um, uh, you know, keeping her focused as we get through all this and then, uh, and, and engaged and happy and playful and all that stuff. And then making sure I also spend time with my wife because this is, uh, this is different. We could stay in front of our, as principals, we can stay in front of our computer all day and still not get our work done. Um, but, but what motivates me is making sure that they're, they're happy and they're doing okay. And then also my, my staff, they've been, uh, you know, to kind of piggyback on what Michelle said, they've been amazing. Um, just, you know, we all kind of got this at the same time. We got this information, we got to learn new things and everybody, you know, has their own challenges at home and they, and everyone's stepping up. So that motivates me to, to, to do the same. So an incredible staff, uh, my family has been incredible and just kind of pushing through that. Um, one thing that might surprise people, I don't know. I think the I, I like to sing and dance and stuff like that, but there's been like videos floating around now. So <laughs> I think people are starting to, it's not as much of a surprise, but I, I took a, a break from, uh, from, um, from school before I graduated and moved to LA and really got into music and recording and, and writing music. And, and, uh, and that's kind of one of the things that is my ex- escape sometimes is to, to, to write and sing and all that stuff. So. That might surprise some, but maybe not as much as it used to before. <laughs> well, I, I, I must say that uh, I've been witness to Tarek's dance moves. So um, that, that's not surprising to me, but yeah, some sweet moves. So I'm curious, Tarek, while we're on that topic, what is your go-to dance move? <laughs> well, I, was, I used to be, you know, you put some Billie Jean on, I, I, would, I would do a Michael Jackson dance. But again, that was like, 
you know, I, I don't, I have to stretch a long time before I do that. Most of the recordings were like 10 years ago. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, still, I still like to do dances as I get older, you know, after it takes more stretching. It's not as much as, uh, you know, I hear the music and break out anything anymore. Well, hopefully the time in quarantine will give you opportunities to, to practice. So we'll look forward to some moves yeah. when, when we get back. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say, give me time to stretch. <laughs> I see. I think that, that too. I, I know because I went for a walk the other day and pulled a hamstring. So I get it. I, I get it. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you each for just uh, introducing yourselves to our listeners um, and sharing just a bit more about you so that we can um, get to know you a bit more. And so we're going to continue our conversation and really kind of take it into um, your work as school leaders. Um, I'd like for you to speak to what has been the hardest thing for you during the school closures? And uh, Michelle, I'll start with you. I feel like the hardest thing for me has just been trying to lead from afar, from simple things like who's on campus. You know, I'm working from home. Our plant manager maybe is the only person like permanently on campus Mm -hmm. and just even managing who's on campus and who's not. Um, and not being able to have always that that time to check in with teachers or or students or, or even parents who might be um, having a, a struggle at that moment and just not being able to like be with them in person um, is it, it's just harder to communicate and check on people and and check on their their overall space. Um, so that's been probably the most challenging. You know, it doesn't always come across the same as through text or even through Zoom or other mechanisms, you know. So just trying to really read read the room has been um, the, probably the biggest challenge for me. And Tar, would you like to add? Yeah, yeah totally. Just uh, exactly what Michelle said. I think that the trying to leave from afar is, is totally different. Um, just the inner uh, interpersonal uh touches that you get you know how are you doing walking by a teacher's classroom just to you know to see how they're doing a quick conversation it's really hard to do that with a phone call or text message or email it's just tough to do that so um, I would say you know the leading from afar has been tough the communication has been tough you know we we because you know as principals we typically have a vision and we work toward that vision the whole school year um, we know where we're going and we know where we're going to pick up and go the next year. And, and this year, there's so many question marks that we um, we're, we're trying to it's hard for us to really know exactly where, where the where the where we're going to end up just because there's so many unknowns with the, with this COVID-19. So, you know, it, I think that's a, another difficult part from a, from a leader standpoint is there are some question marks about, you know, how the year will finish and what will it look like and when students will come and pick up their stuff. And, you know, all these things that, that we could typically just make a plan and do, we are, we're holding up and waiting to make sure that everyone is safe and we do it in a, in a safe way. So those are, those are the biggest things. Yeah. I, I'm just curious to know, because I, I know that other leaders are listening to this. I would like to know what have you found to be a valuable tool to help you lead through this new normal, as, as we say? Well, for, uh. for one, for me, I st- when we asked teachers to start using Google Classroom and start using, you know, Zoom or other platforms like that, that's exactly what I did first. You know, I had to learn to be able to to help and coach them. I had to learn how to use the tools myself. Mm -hmm. And so we set up a site, Google classroom so that the teachers can see what it looks like from their end. And I can see what it looks Mm -hmm. from a teacher's end. And so that we can just kind of have one place for all of our stuff so that teachers had uh, availability to the resources that we were presenting. And so that has been helpful in just everybody kind of being on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, again, I agree with Michelle that we were able to put together a, a Google drive, uh, our honor Google drive, put together a folder with all, there's so many resources that have been coming in and we have, uh, amazing, again, amazing teachers who are, uh, 
um, you know, very, uh, really, really good with technology. And, and so just to put all of our resources in one place and to be able to go to that, to, to um, whether it's, you know, how to, you know, how to set up your, your uh, engagement page or, you know, resources to, to give to families, everything's in one place. So getting everyone's skills and everything that they're able to bring to the table, all the information that we're receiving, uh, we're putting it in one place and that's been a helpful tool. Uh, and then the second part is, is just, uh, there, there are just some people who really stepped up. My assistant principal has been amazing. Office manager has been amazing. Just people who have, who I've been communicating with, um, uh, who have kind of helped me, whether it's a phone call, some of my colleagues pick up the phone and call them and ask them, Hey, what are you doing with this? So, you know, between the, the, the Google, you know, the place to house all of our information on our Google drive. And then the people who are just, everyone's been really helpful phone call away. Um, you know, it's, it's just my, you know, I asked Mary Hardy Young, everyone's been really cool. So I appreciate those, those resources as well. Thank you. You know, what I, um, have heard you each lift up first in, um, referencing the hardest thing, that missing of the face-to-face human connection, right. Um, has been a challenge, but I also hear that, um, you've been able to find tools and strategies such as modeling with your staff, how to, use Zoom, how to engage in Google Classroom and really celebrate, you know, those successes along the way. So we do appreciate you offering that information. We'll go just a bit further um, and talk about like your leadership style during the crisis. So um, what has surprised you each most about your leadership style during this time, um, this crisis? And I'll open that up to whomever who'd like to go first. Um, so I, I guess I'm, I'm, I am, um, I'm not a micromanager as far as, uh, the way that I, that I lead. Um, and so I think I've, there, there are some pieces where the, the not knowing has surprised me, like that has, you know, made me more anxious than I thought I would, you know, not, not knowing, um, you know, why my kids students aren't checking in, you know, what, you know, how often should I call to check in on my teachers to see, you know, if, if they're struggling with, with, with their lessons and, um, you know, Oh, Oh, it's kind of a, it's, it's, I didn't think that it was going to affect me this way. So I think I've been surprised and, and just the, the anxiety of, um, of not knowing, I think has been the most surprising thing for me. I didn't think it was going to affect me in, in this Thank way. For that. Michelle. I can totally relate, Tarek, that I have the same anxieties that pop up that I was like, whoa, that I'm surprised that made me feel as anxious as it does, you know, not being able to make a decision, having to wait for a decision from above so that I can share the decision with my staff. And, you know, just in this Mm -hmm. space, this unique space we're in where we don't even really know what's going on or how, how it's going to happen. And the decisions are made by the state and then the county and then the, the school district. And so they're trickling down, but we're getting questions from below and trying to have to answer. Um, but I have been able to manage to stay present and calm when trying to communicate with teachers and staff and just really emphasizing that The purpose, you know, and our goal right now is just to stay connected with our kids and our families. And that has to be the the most important thing that we're doing right now so that we can all work together to kind of get through this. This is so unique that we, we have to be working together and really making the best of the situation. My seat. So, you know, you both touch upon this, um, this idea of when we're in uh, physical learning spaces, you know, as doers, as I know both of you are, if there is something that needs to be done, you walk over to a classroom or you check in on a kid or you make a quick home visit, right? Especially if you haven't heard from a student or a family, what have you. Um, but I think what I heard you both say is you can't do those things now. Like if a student isn't checking in, you can't just drive over to their house, knock on their door and say, hey, I'm here to check in on you. 
we, we can't do that. So what do you right. say to yourselves to give yourself that permission, knowing that as leaders who are charged with the teaching and learning of, of, of everyone under your house, the inability to physically do the things that you were able to do before, what do you say to yourself to, to get through, to navigate through that anxiety, that uh, discomfort, if you will, of, of not being able to lead the way that you normally have led. Yeah, that that is that is incredibly hard. I think that's you know the the number of students who we have not been able to to reach or have not been as engaged and as engaged as they may have been during the regular school year. Um, besides calling them, um, you know, and we are, are again our counselors have been great. You know, teachers have been great. People, we we've reached out, and I think um, knowing that that as a, as a school, as a staff, that we are there and we continue to reach out and we are um, making ourselves available. I, and this probably was maybe last week where I was finally able to say, okay, I have to let go. I, ha- I cannot stress about not being able to reach a student without not being able to reach the last three weeks because this is so foreign even to us as adults, as educators who have been in the game for a long time. I don't know how this is necessarily affecting a 12 year old or a 13 year old or a 14 year old and then not really know what their situation is at home. So all, as long as we make ourselves available and we continue to check in, that's, that's our job right now. And so if the kid's not checking in, instead of stressing that stressing out or making assumptions on why they are not checking in with us or checking into the classrooms to be able to let go and know that eventually we're going to be back into where, you know, what we're used to doing, where we know, you know, I'll see you in your seat or I'll, I will be able to make a home visit or whatever that is. And then I'm, I'm going to have to be able to, and then, then we'll be able to do what we're used to doing. But as of now, it's, you know, that, that is so hard because right now you, we do have to let go and we can't not put extra stress on that, especially if it's, um, especially if it means we're not, making ourselves as available to the students who are engaged and are checking in every day and have been, you know, using the resources that we're offering. So it, it's a, it's a really, really hard part as a, as any educator, principal, whoever, that's the hardest part is being able to say, okay, we can't go to the house. They haven't checked in. We made ourselves available. We just have to keep on moving forward till the, till the end of the year. I agree totally. And I feel like, a lot of my energy is also spent helping teachers feel that same way too, because teachers, they have this connection with their kids and in their, in their classroom. And they, when they see them every day, they're like either like the second mom or second dad for some kids and, you know, not having that same connection and then having this disconnect, you know, even when you're seeing them, in a group online, it's not the same. You can't just pull them apart uh, side and say, Hey, is everything going okay? So really just calming everybody and saying, we'll get through this. Um, and teachers like trying to make these connections with kids, they feel, they feel um, powerless in the situation. And so really just easing them has been um, helpful to, to help ease myself <laughs> So I can um, relate to their situations as I'm like talking them through like, okay, we have, we'll do our best. And, you know, maybe I'll have this person reach out to this student, you know, or social worker, or maybe this um, other student can contact them through their personal message. And maybe that will help them want to participate. So just kind of thinking outside of the box about how to connect with kids and then just saying, hey, at some point, we're doing everything we can. We're sending out messages. Everybody's in this situation, so they know what schools are trying to do. If you turn on the news, everybody knows that this is what schools are doing. So as mm-hmm. long as they have opportunity to reach out to us, then, then that's kind of what we can do right now. And it's hard for us because we're used to being like, no, you're going to be here. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know. It's just, it is what it is at this point. You know, time and structure and you check into this teacher at this time and this, that is all gone. And so we, we don't even, if we can't even say, Hey, you, you need to do your math at this time, or you need to, you need to check, you need to do your language arts at this time. Hey, it's PE. Hey, it's break. We can't do any of those things. So it's, yeah, it's it's a totally different 
it's a totally different um, world as an educator at this point. And, and, and we have to let go for the ones um, who, who have, we are not able to reach at this point. It's interesting because we talk a lot about like permission to feel, right? I think what you're speaking to is this idea of permission to let go and, and, and it's, right. it's okay. Yeah. And yeah. I think I would just add and lift up that. I think many people, most people, no matter what role they serve in can relate to what you both have just shared in relation to um, things that are within our control and things that sometimes you have to just pause in order to take care of self and say, I've got to let it go for this amount of time. And so I think it's important for people to just hear that. And, and also my see to your point, be given that permission to feel whatever it is in that time and space that comes up for you. Um, and we'll go, we'll continue just a bit more. As we've shared earlier, this week our SEL competency is social awareness and empathy. Um, excuse me, social, social awareness. And empathy is an important skill for social awareness. Why is empathy important for you as a leader right now? Okay, What makes it um, something that you've got to lean on, lean on to during your role as leaders in this moment? And Michelle, I'll ask you to speak to that first. Well, everybody has to show some empathy right now. I, I have to give myself empathy as a parent trying to teach my second and fifth grader. Uh, Park, maybe you could speak to um, why empathy is important on sure. your end. Sure. Um, and yeah, uh, kind of just again, to, to piggyback on what Michelle said is, is first of all, is to have empathy toward, toward yourself to make sure that um, to, to know that it's okay to, to, um, put your priorities, uh, first, but I think it's important as a leader right now, because we don't know what, how people are handling this and we don't know what their situation is and what tools they have to handle this. And I think that is the most important thing. We all know we're going through something different at this time. But because we um, the even the structures that we used to have on a school site and because those are pulled away, we have to um, we have to understand that whether you're a teacher or a student or a parent or administrator or a hall, you know, a campus monitor or, or a counselor, your your role is going to change a little bit. Um, your role has changed a little bit or, or a lot. And we have to be mindful of of that. And, and that's one of the things that as we kind of. You know, that's one of those things that as, as I, because it's really important right now, and I'm hoping people are, are internalizing the, the, um, the importance of feeling empathy. I, those, that's one of the things I really hope um, people, when we do return to campuses, hold on to that. Because even when we do have structures in the school, we still have to empathize to those who don't have, have the things that um, we may have assumed that they had or dealing with situations where we may have assumed that they were dealing with. This has really brought a lot of things to light. You know, when we first did our interviews and figured our, our, um, our um, surveys and asked about technology and, and internet access and, you know, access to school, to the school. And, and uh, I mean, as far as a vehicle is concerned, there, you, you realize that a lot of people, you know, they're making, they've been making it happen. We haven't asked that question before. But that brought to light a lot, that there was a lot of um, inequity that was that, that we had that we had on a, on a daily basis. So I'm hoping that we empathize with our students and families even when we return. But yeah, right now it's so important because we don't know what they're we don't know what they're dealing with right now. Right? They're mm -hmm. humans. They're individuals. They're parents. They are also t uh, teachers as well. So during this time, um, do is there instances where you may feel misunderstood and if so in what way and yeah you know thank you yeah that's a really good question i think i think so i think i think the frustration for for a lot of principals that i've talked to or leaders that i've talked to is um we we kind of are expected to know to have the answers um and rightfully so you know teachers come to us parents come to us for for answers and sometimes they don't we don't have the answers a lot of times we don't have the answers and you know communication some people want to know certain things that we cannot provide them with that information yet until it's it comes down to us so um i think that i think sometimes there's the there's 
uh, the misconception that we know or that we're holding out or that we don't want to, you know, we do know, but we're not saying it yet. Or, you know, why are you just giving us this information and when it just came to us? So I think as a, as a, as a leader and an administrator, yeah, that's, I think that's a difficult part is we're, we're all going through the same things. We're all going through the same things. And, and I hope, I, I hope that, at this point, we all realize that regardless of whether you are a principal or a teacher or, uh, you know, um, the superintendent, we all got, we have families. We, we're all going through this. Kids are at home. Um, we are, we can't do the work that we're used to doing. It's everything is changing by the day. So I really hope that we're at the point where we're, we're not, um, making assumptions or, um, thinking that, you know, oh, he's just doing this or he's just like, I really think we do have to have empathy around that as well. I agree. (laughs) That was perfectly said. And, you know, I've struggled with, you know, getting information, you know, then I have to share that information late that I know it's late to my teachers and just trying really not to put blame on anybody. This is the situation. Nobody asked to be in this situation. Nobody thought we would be in this situation. And so just really taking a breath and realizing, Hey, I have to share this information. Um, and I just, we're all doing the best that we can and it's hard and, you know, just kind of making it, uh, sharing the message in a way that lets people know that, Hey, it's okay. If we're not perfect at everything, we just have to work work to get better and work to connect with our kids and work to stay, stay positive during these times. Well, thank you both for um, your responses and kind of in, in that same vein of things that are within our control and out of not in our control. Um, as everyone in our system has been navigating the stressors of sheltering in place, paired with distance learning, um, possibly parenting, right? Um, A conversation has been lifted and is happening about those heightened inequities in our system and that returning to normal um, would be a missed opportunity to reimagine the possibilities for what a much more equitable, less oppressive system of learning and teaching could be. What do you think about this? What are some suggestions you would like to offer as we plan for our return to a physical learning or uh, for whenever that might be? And I'll let whomever is ready to speak to it go. I'll go. I will say that this really exposed the digital divide, first and foremost, for uh, across the board, um, even at a school that, you know, serves all title one students or um, serve students in need, we are fortunate to have one-to-one technology. Mm-hmm. So even though our kids have a digital divide, maybe in using technology in certain ways, we did have laptops so we could, were able to provide one for each of our students. And that wasn't the case at every school. Mm-hmm. And um, then when our kids got the laptops home, there was the digital divide was exposed you know, parents were bringing the laptops back because they were like, oh, this computer doesn't work. It's stuck on the screen. And they just didn't know how to log their kids in or help their, especially the younger ones, help their their little kids to get in. And, you know, there's that digital divide right there um, that popping up again, you know. So even though we have laptops at school, you know, maybe it's it's different that everybody's exposure to use in the, of the technology. And so that is for me, the biggest thing that I think that we can easily tackle and easily fix in the future is um, by providing and exposing kids to technology as tools for learning and for life. And I think that could also be a, a way to really help teachers to to look at their instruction differently as well. So on the flip side, this I think is a positive thing that's going to be an outcome from this situation is that teachers kind of were forced to 
become a little more technologically savvy. And I know there's those teachers who were like, yeah, technology is my thing. And then there's those teachers who like, mm, I'm old school and I don't use technology or I'm only comfortable with email or not even barely that. So I feel like it's in the level of the playing field of the adults as well, because you have to be able to use this to, to be a teacher right now. And so I'm hoping that that will be one positive that can really make a large impact on, on how we, we um, create a more equitable playing field for all kids. And Tarek? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was well said, Michelle. Thank you. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the, the technology piece is, a great way for us to change some in, uh, inequities. Uh, exactly. Some teachers who would not, were not really ready to, or didn't feel comfortable tackling technology or, or Google classrooms uh, or have now done it and they have, um, they've learned. And so I think that will help level um, our helps with some of the inequalities that we have as, as far as teaching the students. And then, I mean, as far as returning there, you know, I, I think normal is, there, we are our normal. The way that we're used to seeing education is going to change regardless at this point. You know, it's, I mean, this is probably not the, you know, not a great example, but after 9-11, our experiences at the airport changed forever, forever. And I think, you know, there's going to be some aspects to education that will change forever. And I think you know, teachers, number one, I think understanding technology, I think some people were able to, teachers were able to dip their toes in the water who had not experienced it and understand how important and how valuable that can be to understand how to run a classroom from afar. Um, the, for, for us as, as adults, our ability to communicate through Zoom, if we need to, has helped us. Um, I think that, you know, how I, I'm, I'm hoping that, that I really hope that for teachers and for administ- for, for adults, that they realize that this this change that we experienced and how we how we dealt with it a, lo- a lot of students and, and kids go through that all the time mm-hmm. and we don't realize it because we're used to just living life as we were, as we've lived it and then we you know a, a, a kid comes from sixth grade to seventh grade you know we've been in middle school for a while we get it we know hey this is the structure and we expect them just to kind of learn it they'll figure it out and and we, we model it they figure it out and they're resilient that way and it's it's great but we have to really look at how we handled this situation when all of a sudden we were all thrust in a position where nothing was gonna nothing was the same and how do we feel how do we react how do we treat the, our peers how do we treat our families how do we you know did, did we panic when we didn't know or did we, who, who did we go to? Did we use all of our resources? You know, as, as teachers and um, adults, we say, hey, just go use your resource. Hey, I provided this resource. I'm looking at distance learning. We have a, a, a lot of resources to go to as adults. But man, it's just so overwhelming. Sometimes we don't, we don't go to them or we don't, you know, we don't know how to start. So I really hope that that's something that we, we uh, an opportunity that we don't miss as we go to whatever the next step, like I said, I don't think there will be a normal anymore. I think there's going to be something different. Um, the way that we educate our students will, will be tweaked. And I think that I hope that we understand those, those pieces and, and, you know, technology will play a huge part, but I really hope that we remember how we felt when we went through something different and, and we use that um, mindset when we're teaching and when we're creating our, our learning environment. Yes, thank you both for your responses. What I heard in that was kind of this, um, this potential for growth, right? Taking um, the not that uh, an opportunity, a situation that is not the best currently, but looking and gleaning on those opportunities for growth and hope. And I also hear a lot about identifying those gaps in our system where we are making this offering, but we may need to shore up and offer some more supports here to, to help grow more equitable outcomes for our families and also that idea of perspective taking and, and putting yourself in the shoes of others whom may not know how to navigate this particular application or this particular tool. And so I think what you both have shared will resonate with many of our listeners. So thank you for that. Um, have another question as we're coming close to our end, not just yet. 
Um, and it's this idea of hope and optimism. What is one hope you have for the next few days or the next few months? And um, I'll let you think about that. And then, Michelle, if you wouldn't mind going first. So I hope that we do take this positivity and move it forward to make something better for ourselves and for our kids. And I feel like this could could be a positive experience that causes us to reflect on how schooling works and how education happens mm -hmm. and how we spend time with our family and how we connect as a community. I feel like there could be a lot of outcomes that are positive from this, how maybe we slow down a little bit and how that might be okay. So um, that's really my, my hope as we move forward. Yeah, I think um, for, for me, it's, uh, just if we can, if my hope would be as we end the school year and go into the summer, that there's a sense of, um, of, of clarity of what, what to expect for the, from the teachers and for administrators and for parents. And so that we can go into the summer to kind of prepare, prepare for that. Um, I think the unknown is what's, what's really hard right now. So if we can get any sense of clarity of what, what we're looking, what we're, we're moving toward, um, and then that will give us some some sense of you know peace of mind and give us an opportunity to breathe over the summer so that we can uh, prepare ourselves correctly for the upcoming school. Year. Thank you both. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, in kind of preparing <laughs> for our podcast today, um, we shared that you as our wonderful guests would be able to also offer a question that you might have for each other or any one of um, us on the discussion today. So do you have a question for each other or for one of us? Uh, I guess, hey, so for Michelle, you know, I kind of live in this middle school world right now. Just, <laughs> I was just gonna ask how the, um, how is the communication amongst elementary school uh, uh, principals and is, is there anyone uh, in particular that you're reaching out to to help you kind of get through this? It's, it, as a second year principal, I, it is tough, but I can only imagine as a first year principal how difficult it would be to go through this. Right. So definitely checking in with, um, you know, my superior, Olga, and she's been hosting, you know, some optional um, sessions where we could just uh, uh, other principals can just come together and just ask our questions. And we all kind of have the same questions. So really not everybody right. has to even ask because everybody has the same questions. So it's just been nice to know that um, we're all kind of in the same place together. And, you know, superintendent did pop mm -hmm. on on Friday, which was really nice. So we could ask some specific cool. questions to him. So that was very much appreciated. And also reaching out to, you know, my mentor, you know, Eric Chapman, who was principal um, as I was assistant principal the last five years at Leotata Floyd, you know, checking mm -hmm. in with him and just making sure that, you know, I'm not missing anything because on, on some days I have like maybe 400 emails because I did this on purpose because I've kept, um, I don't, we only have 12 classroom teachers, but I've kept every teacher's um, Google Classroom comments on so that I can see what the mm. questions the kids are asking and how the teacher's interacting with kids. Mm. It's like the closest thing that I have to being in their classroom and it fills up my email mm. and I, you know, I just kind of go through and delete them. But, um, you know, in doing so, sometimes I'm afraid I'm going to miss like an important message um, that, that <laughs> came across. But, you know, I'm not ready to to shut off all those messages yet. So just kind of makes me feel connected um, in some ways to the classroom. And, mm -hmm. you know, that I feel even further away from kids these days, you know, normally, you know, there's kids all around and I get a million hugs a day, but right now, like 
unless I pop into a, a teacher's meeting and then I feel like I'm interrupting because you only get so much attention in a Zoom meeting. Um, so really just that's been a challenge as well. But yeah, it's been, you know, making the best. <laughs> There you go. And the same thing yeah. for you is, you know, you have middle schoolers who are, you know, there's so much out there, even online. I mean, I feel like I'm constantly on my kids' case and they're only in second and fifth grade. The second I walk away from them doing mm-hmm. their schoolwork, they're on YouTube or, you know, they found something else right. on the internet that is more interesting than maybe their right. schoolwork. And so how is that working out for middle schoolers where, you know, the distraction piece is hard. And how are you helping kids manage some of that? Yeah, that's, that is tough. I, again, um, it's so hard to control and, and it's middle school is such a, um, you know, it's, a, it's an age where they're so aware of their peers and what their peers think of them. And so something as simple as a zoom meeting and having, you know, your face or being on there or being on camera and then, you know, if they don't know how to control the backgrounds or seeing where they're, houses are or their hair or whatever it is there's so many roles that go into that um that you you know i've told teachers you know the main thing is having them engaged in the google classroom as not as much so as the zoom meetings um but you're right there's so many distractions you we can see we monitor our, our students um uh just try to see which ones are engaged which ones are not and you can see students kind of pick and choose which classes they want to be engaged with and what's, which, which is totally unacceptable when they're on campus, but online uh, distance learning, hmm, you know, I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with those. One of the things I have to let, learn to let go. If you're engaging, I can, I can live with that. I, I will, I, of course, I want you to do more. I want you to do, you know, engage in all your classes, but if you can do two, if you can do three, you know, you talk, um, the show you say with your own, you're an educator, you've been in education for a long time. Your kids know the importance of education, but they'll go off on YouTube, right? If you're not w- watching them, and that and that's from and, and that's from an educator standpoint, we get it. There's some uh, parents who are just thrust into this, and they are, are used to you know having us handle all that, and so it's even harder for them. So you know, it, it is tough from a middle school stamp, uh, standpoint. Uh, they're dealing with so much, but as far as accountability, I, I make a video every week, just kind of you know, trying to uh, give them a pep talk, make, make sure they understand the importance of logging into their classes, why the classes are there. They're there to keep them on track. Um, the, why it's important to fill out the engagement form to reach out if you need anything, who they can reach out to, uh, and then go from there. You know, at, at the end of the day, like I said, we'll be much more comfortable when we're back to where they're in the desk and we can really connect with them. But as of now, we don't, we don't know. I don't know how many kids are jumping on YouTube or you know, not finishing their lessons, but when they, when we, when we sit down and we're able to, to uh, get back and in, back into the group of things, we'll, we'll, we'll be there to support. Well, them. Right. And I think in the future, that's a, something we can coach kids on is like how to eliminate distractions from your work, because, you know, that's mm-hmm. what the thing mm-hmm. that I've had to do myself working from home. It's not like, Oh, let me go over there and do that real quick. No, I have to try to stay focused and get my work done. And it's been really hard for me because I have a, a a job where I don't sit very much at a desk. I'm out a lot around mm-hmm. campus. And so being at home and having a lot of like check-in computer work is different for me. So I feel like that could be something we could all benefit from in the future is just learning how to manage our time better. And that may be something that we right. um, maybe try to focus on in, in the education system, you know, to prepare mm-hmm. us for things like this. So. Wow, Michelle and Tarek, thank you both for um, asking those wonderful questions and giving such rich feedback to each other, um, because I think a lot of leaders can relate and will be able to reflect on your words and use them just um, on their own journey. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being here with us today. Um, We know how busy you are and that it takes some commitment to dedicate an hour or so of your time for our podcast. So we really appreciate you. Your voices are so very important to us. Um, and we know that what you have said today will resonate with many, many of your colleagues, your students, your families, and definitely your staff. So thank you. Thank you for being here. No problem. Thank you. Oh, yeah, thank you. I, uh, I agree, Africa. 
In listening to Michelle and Tarek, I'm reminded that transformative leaders lead from the inside out. And um, I, I, I saw that today in listening to them both. It's what NEB calls the mirror window approach to leading for equity. And what that means is the regular SEL practice of self-reflection. So looking in the mirror and so constantly looking for insights into yourself, your values, your beliefs, experiences, anxieties, um, which we heard today, um, can be a critical driver for how you look out the window. That is how you see the system, how you understand the context of your work as it relates to students, staff and community. And both are critical for how a leader cultivates care for their community with equity and social and emotional learning um, in mind. So Michelle and Tarek, um, you are amazing leaders and you um, are effective because you believe you believe in social emotional learning and you demonstrate um, by modeling those qualities um, that, that you've talked about today. And I'm just grateful for you both. Um, grateful for you being here, grateful for your leadership, and Saxity is so, so fortunate to have you both um, as leaders in our schools. And so I just want to thank you both uh, for checking, checking with us today. So thank you. Um, Africa and Candice, do you have any uh, final quick reflections before we go? You know, I just, as I was listening to Tarek and Michelle, who are just phenomenal, phenomenal um, leaders in our district, I thought about understanding that we are human, um, that we have shared struggles and we have shared dreams and goals. And the focus on these commonalities, they really help us um, during this time to basically uh, push for stronger communities, as well as assist with addressing um, educational inequities. Yeah, and I would just add um, to Michelle and Tark, uh, what has stood out to me is um, your commitment to your school communities, to your families, to your staff and students. Um, I think I've been able to just clearly see, hear, and feel the importance of those relationships that you've cultivated with um, your school communities and it's just um a joy to hear about um and just thank you again for being here yes and on that note we will wrap up the show be sure to tune in next week for another episode of staying sel connected in sac city brought to you by the sac city sel team we are we belong we can stay safe stay healthy stay sel